fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. That's right. You are listening to In the Huddle EP 280, week two of the NFL in the Bucks. Lots of content to talk about on the show as we give you the best debates that new media has to offer. So definitely like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of new uploaded content coming through your algorithms of YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and on your feed on Instagram. And as I repeat, on your feed, because best believe we will achieve. So let it be written. So let it be done. Lil Shadamas on the mic. I am pumped. I am ready. We got a four-man rotation today. Zach is out. Big shoes to fill. But we have the people and personnel in the building to fill those shoes. And we're going to go down the panel right now. And I'm going to start up with Zay. Zay's in the building. Zay, good vibes. Is it a good vibe today? Oh, absolutely. You know, I know it's raining right now, but we saw a bevy of storms throughout the weekend. You know, I just want to say I uh, hope everybody in Puerto Rico is safe and, and um, comfortable. And, um, you know, it was a devastating storm that hit them. And we just hope that and pray that they have a f- quick recovery and that no one lost their lives over the weekend. Um, also, we saw a big fight, boxing fight with Canelo and Triple G, you know, something that was huge over the weekend. We, we saw some great football games. We saw some amazing comebacks, which we're going to talk about a little bit in the show. But uh, it's always paradise over here. And we just hope and pray that everyone is safe around the world. We got coach in the building and assistant coach. For those of you I don't know, you know who assistant coach is. Coach, how you doing, brother? Feeling great, man. Happy Monday. Like, you know, like Zay said, welcome to paradise. Fall is three days around the corner. You know, a lot of good comebacks yesterday. Can't wait to talk about, you know, various topics today. Let's get it. And my guy, coach, he took the time out of his schedule, even though he could be babysitting. That's why if you hear noise in the background, coach is multitasking. I'm appreciative that coach took the time out of his schedule to be here on the show. Love his perspective. And we also got another brother on this show in the huddle correspondent. Dino. Whoa. Dino. What's going on, Dino? What's going on, guys? Man, it's good to be back. What a weekend of sports we had. And, man, I'm hyped to discuss this, man. Let's get into it. Like I said, Dino, Puerto Rico. Good luck, my brother. Keep hope alive. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the first drive here on today's show. And we're going to kick it right off. We're coming out the gate. We are coming for the first round knockout. There's a lot of impressive victories in week two of the NFL. It was the story of the comeback. It was the comeback week in the NFL. Lots of comebacks and comebacks that fell a little bit short. Carolina, excuse me, Atlanta and the Rams. With that being said, the question I propose is which team had the most impressive comeback on Sunday. Would that be the Cardinals win, the Dolphins win, or the Jets win? And I actually know how I want to start this off real quickly here. I want to lob this up to my guy, Zay, to kick us off on this topic. You know, um, despite them being in my division, I have to go with the Dolphins. You know, they had an impressive, uh, way, not, way beyond impressive. They had a perfect fourth quarter that propelled them over this Baltimore Ravens team. Um, they scored 28 points in that fourth quarter, which was absolutely ridiculous, to say the least. I believe Waddle and Hill both had over 150 yards apiece with a touchdown or two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this this game was 
nail biting all the way to the very end. And that was something that was astonishing to watch. Excuse me, Waddle and Hill had two touchdowns uh, a piece. So that was something incredible. Uh, you got to give a big, big, huge shout out to Mike McDaniels for making Tua Tagovailoa a star quarterback at this particular time. Six touchdowns in the game, 469 passing yards is something we have not seen from Tua in a very, very long time. If not, since I don't even know if he did that in college. Did he throw 460 yards in a game in college? That is something that's crazy. You know, and I think when you talk about what, what had to transpire, for this comeback to happen was a lot of three and outs by the Ravens, a lot of turn, a lot of bad plays, possessions by the turn by the Baltimore Ravens. The game was looked as done until this Dolphins team triumphed in that fourth quarter and took over. That was something incredible. It was something that I did not believe will happen in this game, and I think that right there was the biggest comeback of our football Sunday. Dino, yo, Dino, tell it to me. Man, you know, I gotta go with the New York Jets. Man, they were down what thirty one? Uh, was it thirty one twenty one? Thirty one seventeen. With like a, yeah, with um, with like a minute forty left, and they came back. They got a touchdown. Then they got the onside kick, and then they got the game winning touchdown to win it all. I have Nick Chubb on my fantasy team, and I got the alert. Nick Chubb scores. There's like a minute forty left. The Browns are running over them. Like game's over. The Browns fans are tweeting. It's good to be two and zero. And then all of a sudden, the Jets come back, and the Jets get a big statement win because they were going to be zero and two. Now they're one and one, and that says a lot about the um the resiliency that this young Jets squad has. And it's gonna be interesting to see if they could um they could hold on to their resiliency as the season goes on. So I gotta go with the New York Jets with this one, man. Coach, talk to me. First and foremost, I want to thank the football gods real quick for allowing us to, you know, get a win in the month of September in a long time. That's number one. Number two, just want to say thank you, Nick Chubb. Thank you, Nick Chubb, for scoring that touchdown. Feel me, you could have just took the knee and killed out the clock so you guys could go home with the victory. But shout out to you too. But I just want to give a special shout out to my boy, even though I call him a bum all the time, to my boy Joe Flacco. You know, you know, on that next possession when we got the possession within that 142, and he threw that nice lob to Corey Davis wide open for the touchdown. I was like, all right, cool. 24-30, not a problem. Then, you know, I just knew something, you know, I knew something was going to go off for the Browns because the way that they were lined up for the onside kick, I knew the kicker was the kicker was going to kick opposite. So once when he kicked opposite and um, I forgot who recovered the ball for the Jets, but once when he made that recovery over Cooper, I was like, okay, we someone have a chance. Then he drove the ball down the field, drove the ball down the field. You know, Joe Flacco, instead of being greedy, you know, he uses check downs, hit Michael Carter or like Bryce Hall, you know, for them to get you know, a few extra yards and go out of bounds to save time. Then, you know, on that next possession, when, like, he almost almost got picked off, I was thinking, you know, thankful the ball didn't get picked off. And, you know, you know, Mike McFer called a good um, play for Garrett Wilson on, on the slant route, and he scored the game-winning touchdown. I was happy. I was like, yes. And, you know, to put the icing on the cake, Ashton Davis with the game-stealing interception. So that was my favorite impressive comeback. We got two Jets in here. I'm surprised it ain't three. Zay was a Jets fan. I automatically thought he was going that route. But I would say this. Corey Davis, how wide open was he on that sideline? He was so wide open, you would have thought he was a prostitute, bro. That's how <laughs> wide open he was. But nevertheless, you know, I think all these um, victories was impressive. When you look at the Dolphins, right, I believe Tyreek Hill had a 48-yarder. 
Okay, that two or two, a 48-yard touchdown pass and a 60-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. And when you look at those two plays, those are vertical plays. So the fact they won vertically is not about the comeback more so than it is how they made the comeback. Tua is not known for having a cannon of an arm. So you don't think that Tua would be a guy to lead a comeback that far when you have to pass and not use the running game, but you're going vertical and he has to beat you vertically. He did so. But that came up short. My number one impressive victory over the weekend, week two, it has to be the Cardinals win coming back from 20 to zero. And for these primary reasons right here, number one, the Cardinals don't handle adversity well. We know that. We've been knew that. Okay, when everything is high octane and the offense is humming on all cylinders, it look like one of the best squads in the NFL. But every time there's a little bit of adversity, Kyler Murray, guy folds like a cheap suit. My guy, Cliff Kingsbury, he's shaking like a dice game. I mean, everything goes down and it looks ugly. Last week, they was not prepared to beat a team that won a division for six straight years in the AFC West in Kansas City. They got steamrolled in that game. And I'm saying this team, they're about to tap out early. Okay, and then they came in this game. Same, you know, situation here. Derek Carr slicing them up, 20 to 0. And then Kyler Murray just puts on this Superman cape, and he just takes the game over with his legs, with his arm, and showed that he was the most athletic person on that football field on that Sunday. And that two-point conversion that he just threw the needle into, okay, to A.J. Green, I'm like, how the hell he made that happen when you look at that play? Okay, it took 28 seconds, okay, 20.8 seconds, and it traveled 84.9, you know, uh, as far as the speed, okay, is concerned. I mean, he put a lot of zip on that throw, and the fact that they won that game with the defense in overtime, the defense has been slacking with this team. I just think that the way how they did it, listen, this is the same cat, Kyler Murray, who checked himself out of a playoff game because they were getting smoked on national TV. He said, I'm not coming back in the game. You go in there. Okay, Mr. Backup? Nah, not in this game. He said, you know what? I'm going to get my cape. I'm going to show why I am worked that bag that everybody laughed at me because they had a daggone independent study clause in that contract and say I wasn't worth it. I'm going to show why I'm worth it and why it's working. I'm going with the cards. You know, it's interesting that you went with the Cardinals when they, he did have a nice tight spiral throw. To, to go into that uh, that touchdown, I went into the um, excuse me, the two point conversion that led to that overtime. You know, that was a really tight throw he threw, and I think that was something that was like interesting because you know, Kyler Murray is a guy that it seemed like that's a play that you you have to really analyze and read the field and know. Like I think Kyler Murray, from a perspective of a guy who has been criticized for not you know doing game tape, not studying the game, you know that that's a real high IQ play right there on the field. Um, you know, I just don't believe that that Cardinals comeback was as big as that Dolphins one. Everyone written off the Dolphins in that fourth quarter. The game was over, technically. That game was completely done. And no one anticipated them to really even come back and get, get that win, that victory, which was something that I didn't believe the Dolphins were capable of. You know, I, I didn't believe that they'll go against the Ravens and just dismantle them in that fourth quarter the way they did. You know, throughout the entirety of the game, it looked a little bleak for Tua until that very moment of that fourth quarter where everything just looked perfect. But I, I think your point, you know, when it comes to the Dolphins, it was impressive. Claire, all three games was impressive to me. I just look at what's riding 
in those games. If the Dolphins lose that game, they won and won. They 500. They go offset that. They beat Buffalo next week. You go 2-1. and one, That's a statement game in your division. If you're the Cardinals, you lose. You go 0-2. Um, the Rams are still in this division. Jimmy G is back on the 49ers. He's on that team. There's not a lot of room for errors. And Claire, Seattle is a sneaky team because even though they got Geno, they beat y'all behinds last year when y'all had a chance to close out that game, the last game of the regular season, and protect home court against that Rams team. So being down 0-2, D-Hop is still out for another two more games. There was a lot riding on that game, and a lot of people was going to call them done. Cliff Kingsbury. Is his job secured after that game? You know what I'm saying? How do we feel about his job? How do we feel about Kyler Murray? So it's like, you know, I think there was a lot of things riding on that on that game. And we all know that the Cardinals, you know, some of the wins or losses is impactful. Think about the Hill Murray, which is the second best play, I believe, of Kyler Murray's career. I'm calling that play that he threw to A.J. Green number one slightly. But if you go back to that Hill Murray, there was a lot of implications in that game. Buffalo, who lost that game, ended up losing home court to Kansas City and had to play Kansas City in the AFC Championship game in which they lost. Now, if they won that game, they would have had a great shot to be the number one seed and had Kansas City go to Buffalo and play the AFC Championship over, over there. So think about this game. Now the Raiders are 0-2. It could have been the Cardinals, but now it's the Raiders who was 0-2. And they're in the hardest division in football in the AFC West. So there's a lot of implications in this game, and that's why it's impressive for me. Um, I just want to say this real quick. You know, those three teams that kind of blew leads, I'm going to start off with the Ravens. I'm disappointed in the Ravens secondary. You know, you allowed, like, I think three big plays yesterday, man, and those two big plays to Tyreek Hill that, you know, resulted in a touchdown. I was very disappointed in that. You know, you know I started to question whether it was more of a miscommunication within the players or like was it bad calls on the defensive coordinator you know before i lob it back to you for any closing remarks you know i would say this what's impressive to me as well is that mike mcdaniels he comes in nobody knows who this cat is like we know he was an oc in san fran and we know you know he'll cook up some stuff they have those weird press conferences where he looks like a straight-up nerd who went to Yale. I think he actually went to Yale, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I just said a hypothetical that's facts. Maybe. I don't know. I have to look that up. But he looks like this nerdy guy, you know, that has this weird sarcasm about him. And then he goes, he becomes a coach of Miami, and he goes up against Bill Belichick week one. Our coach is him, and he's the Don Don of them all. Bill Belichick, to be clear with you. And then he goes up against John Harbaugh, another decorated coach who a lot of people will argue is a top five coach in the league or top 10, most likely top five. And he outcoaches him. What Mike McDaniels is doing is allowing Tua to have games like this. Brian Flores did not believe in Tua. Claire, that was public knowledge. And now Tua has a coach that can believe in him and could draw things up schematically to put him in that position that he needs to succeed. Dino, any last remarks on this topic? You know, I just got to agree with you, Lil. I mean, I'm disappointed in the Raiders because now they're 0-2 in the hardest division in football, and I think they're going to be in deep trouble because they got what? Uh, they got eight games coming up against, uh, or six games, right? I'm about to look so, yeah, at six games right against the uh, Chargers, uh, uh, Broncos, and Chiefs, so they got those six tough yeah. games already. 
plus the rest of the season. So they got a lot of catching up to do. And, you know, uh, the Fresno State boys, uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are back together and they're 0-2. So they got a lot of work to figure out. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to them as the course of the season goes on. But they're definitely the most, uh, in my opinion, most disappointing team uh, so far in the season. And we still got to see how Josh McDaniels is as a head coach. We know what he was as an OC. He was one of the best OCs in the league. But as a coach, as a leader of men, we seen him fail before. Is he going to fail again? Denver, right. He's 0-2 right now. Yeah. We'll have to see. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after the break. Moving on. The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Be a dig, dig. 